0: Hi, everyone, and thank you so much for listening in to the Becker's Healthcare Podcast Series. I'm Erica Carbajal, Editor with Becker's Hospital Review. Today, we're excited to be joined by Tracy Young, Chief Operating Officer of Essential Anesthesia Management. Tracy, thanks so much for hopping on today.
1: Hey, Erica. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. Do you mind sharing a bit about yourself and your organization before we dive into it?
1: Sure. So I'm a CRNA with nearly 23 years of clinical experience. Um, I have an MBA with a healthcare focus from George Washington University. And my background in business started in 2003 when I started YPS Anesthesia and grew it to about 60 ambulatory surgery centers and hospitals with over 500 plus providers before merging with uh, Emergence Health uh, two years ago. And we formed Essential Anesthesia Management, Uh, which now has over 125 ambulatory surgery centers and hospitals uh, in six states, mostly across the South, with roughly 1,200 providers. And my current role with the Central Anesthesia Management is is Chief Operating Officer.
0: Great, thank you so much, Tracy. I know that ARCs are growing in popularity and procedural volume. They're also navigating the same issues we're seeing other healthcare organizations face, you know, including financial headwinds, staffing shortages. So where does an ASCs anesthesia program fit into all of this? And in your point of view, what have been some current challenges and opportunities here?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, you know, ambulatory surgery centers are not immune to the macro headwinds that are affecting all healthcare services providers. In anesthesia, we're a really integral part of all ambulatory surgery centers, as without anesthesia providers, the vast majority of the cases just really can't be done. And over the last decade, anesthesia and ambulatory surgery centers have been largely taken for granted. It was a profitable service line that offered a nice work-life balance integration for CRNAs and physician anesthesiologists. So they were relatively easy to recruit to and it was a profitable service line. Now with a critical provider shortage and the accompanying wage inflation that the shortage has created, coupled with decreasing reimbursement From Medicare for the last two to three years of cuts that Medicare has made, we're seeing the downstream effects uh, of the No Surprise Act as well too hurting reimbursement. So with all these headwinds that are being faced, ambulatory surgery centers are being asked for large subsidies to prevent disruptions in services from their anesthesia department. So these challenges are real and disrupting. They're both ASCs and the anesthesia market. Many large anesthesia groups are exiting the ASC market at an alarming rate. But it does create certain opportunities, as your question suggests. You know, this disruption is causing many ASCs to look at their operations and ask if they are operating and staffing it in the most efficient level possible.
0: Yeah, absolutely. These trends hitting hitting really every area. And building off that, I know you sort of mentioned the opportunities that that come about with this too. So What are the key components of an anesthesia program or strategy that really promotes better operations, finances, and outcomes? Do you have any specific examples or success stories that come to mind there?
1: Absolutely, yeah. So from an operational standpoint, many of our clients have been investigating the feasibility of uh, continuing to provide flip rooms for surgeons. For example, does it make sense in this market to pay for two or three anesthesia providers to accommodate one surgeon? This becomes a pretty simple math problem to understand the potential revenue generated from the number of cases versus the cost of two to three anesthesia providers, and then determine if it's feasible for anesthesia to continue to provide that service line or not, or if there's a specific number of cases where it becomes feasible. Uh, in the past, this was not often looked at. Another example is looking at the anesthesia staffing mix and ratios between physician anesthesiologists and CRNAs. We have several clients' facilities uh, in order to avoid a subsidy by making anesthesia staffing changes. One went from one physician anesthesiologist and three CRNAs daily, to one MD and two CRNAs daily with the physician anesthesiologist running the third site of service, which data showed us was only operating at about 25% utilization, and that eliminated the cost of one FTE CRNA, and that was, resulted in significant savings in avoiding a subsidy. Another example, is a busy ASC uh, in our client base went from two physician anesthesiologists at six CRNAs daily to one MD and six CRNAs daily and switched the anesthesia billing modifier from medical direction to QZ, CRNA non-medically directed model. That resulted in savings of nearly $500,000, just that one move alone there. And lastly, we had one client move to a CRNA only model to avoid Having to pay a subsidy for anesthesia services after looking at their case mix, their patient population, and the types of surgery they're doing. So, despite headwinds, there's still opportunities for success in this market for those who are willing to examine operations and staffing models more closely.
0: Yeah, interesting to hear about those staffing changes. Thanks for sharing those examples. And for ASCs that want to improve their anesthesia program, do you have any tools, best practices, or resources you'd recommend?
1: Absolutely. From an anesthesia standpoint, I'd recommend your listeners looking at an efficiency-driven anesthesia modeling. More information could be found at anesthesiafacts.com. That's anesthesiafacts.com. This is a landing page that was created by the AANA. It's got really great information focusing on the three E's of healthcare policy and delivery. Those three E's are effectiveness, is the delivery model effective? And in anesthesia, that means, is it safe? It uh, also looks at the second E, efficiency. Is it cost effective and or does it decrease the need for subsidy? And the final E is equity. Does it serve the needs of the intended population with the resources that are available? So if you go to this website, anesthesiafacts.com, there's tons of great information that could be found there about the what we call EDM, the Efficiency Driven Anesthesia Modeling.
0: Thanks for sharing that site. In looking to the future, what excites you about the growth you're seeing right now in outpatient surgery centers and anesthesia?
1: Well, in looking at the future, seeing Medicare expand the list of approved procedures for ASCs is exciting. As these procedures are added, it presents anesthesia with a new challenge on how best to care for these patients in an outpatient setting. And anesthesia groups and providers who are progressive and creative using new ultrasound blocks, for example, and uh, different modalities will be able to create a safe and effective outpatient experience for patients. That, coupled with my belief that this provider shortage has peaked and will start to subside around 2025 as more CRNAs graduate and enter the marketplace, has been really optimistic for the future, even though we're facing a pretty rough patch with a lot of headwinds right now.
0: And Tracy, is there anything else you'd like listeners to know as we wrap up here?
1: Now, I really appreciate the opportunity to get to talk to you and and to share some of this information with you listeners. Uh, I guess the only thing I would recommend maybe is to remind them that that they can go to anesthesiafacts.com for more information related to efficiency-driven anesthesia modeling that really focuses on patient populations and patient needs and how to get those three E's, the, the effectiveness, efficiency, and equitable delivery of services. I think they've done a really good job with that website and it's really redesigning how many people think about staffing anesthesia departments.
0: Tracy, thanks so much again for joining us today and and for helping lead this discussion on the challenges facing ASCs as well as the opportunities they face when it comes to anesthesia staffing staffing changes. And I'd also like to thank AANA as well for sponsoring this podcast. And listeners, you can tune into additional episodes from the Becker's Healthcare Podcast by visiting the podcast page on our website. Thanks everyone.